This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 25 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Products. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. In today's show, we talk with thoroughbred enthusiast and royal horse trainer Louise Robson. HRN listener Abby Foltz joins us to tell us how her little red mare is taking flight in the eventing world. And start hooking up your trailer now because we bring you a real heartbreaker with New Vocations Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Happy anniversary, Joy! One year. Are I you know. serious? It's amazing. Who would have thought we got this far and people actually listen? I, I can't believe that. Thank you guys all for listening. Yeah, um, thank you what's, so much. what's funny to me is, you know, when I first started doing the horses in the morning show, my husband was like, you're going to do a radio show about horses every day. What are you going to talk about in a week? And then I come to him with, I'm going to do a radio show about racehorses that have already been retired. And he's like, that's going to last a week. <laughs> well, here we look are at us now, later. Chad. Woohoo! I mean, he, he just—he he, men have no concept of how women can just talk about horses. We have which is no shocking because we're you know an hour at the barn really means four hours at the barn. Exactly. You think that math would start adding up to them? I just saw a meme that said, uh, "So the wife said, I'll be back from the barn. I'll be home in fifteen minutes." And he's like, "Is that like?" 15 minutes real time or 15 minutes barn time. That's so and accurate. It's That's true. Like, it's barn like, time. I'll be home at two o'clock and I'll get home at like three o'clock. And I'm like, it's, it's two somewhere else. 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I meant 2 a.m. <laughs> See, I'm early. Well, so in, in the world of racehorses that we have challenged ourselves with, what are some of the things that you have learned this year? Oh my gosh. What haven't I learned? It's been, you know, you think, you know, a subject like I'm going to do this podcast because I learned so much with my first year as owning a racehorse. I knew deadly squat. I've learned so much in this first year. The number one thing is just how truly versatile a thoroughbred is. You know, we talk about it, we see it, but you know, with Fallon Taylor taking the retired racehorse project, she won that with her horse doing barrel racing. You know, you see them doing Western ranch, bolting. It's just, seeing you do mounted archery and like, <laughs> come on now. It's just amazing. All the things these horses can do that they can drive. There's just, they're just such great horses. Yeah, I, they really, I just it. really didn't fathom it till I got to see it, you know, and then talking yeah. to all the amazing, the people who are competing in the retired research project, all our amazing guests who have come on to share. I mean, heck, we just talked to someone who is training or we're going to be talking to someone I should say, training for the queen of England, retired resources for the queen of England. Now the queen of England 
is an amazing woman who owns her own horses, racehorses. So the fact that you found this person who's retraining them and the queen is on, queen is on board with RRP. I know. I Just, mean, come on. If that's not trending, I don't know what else is. Like the queen thinks it's cool. What are you doing? You know what? <laughs> Maybe she listens to the show. Hello. Oh gosh, if she is. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> Your Highness, I am a fan of Monty Roberts. I know he trains all your horses, so uh, we we welcome you to be a part of it. And if you'd like to <clears throat> come on the show, we would be more than happy. Have your we people would love call our people to chat with you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, she's listening. No, I you actually got to do that interview earlier with Louise Robson, and I'm super excited to to listen into that. I'm jealous that I didn't get to be a part of it, but um, I think we're we'll going to hear have about her back that for sure. Yeah, she, she was lovely. Well, some of the things I learned this year are just that exactly what you said. It's very versatile. But I learned that I could compete in the makeover. Like, I mean, my gosh, if I can do it, you guys can do it. It's it just it, somebody asked me yesterday, are you going to do it again? And I was like, I need a break, man. I seriously bored. You don't really think about it, but it, it is a lot. And, you know, I didn't do it this year, but I talked to so many people prepping for it and you know, you have to have the right horse and you have a limited time span and you don't know what's going to happen in between. You know, so the horses do all kinds of crazy stuff. I wish we had bubble wrap to put them in. I'm not. It's, uh, yeah, it's true. And and it's just such a emotional and and a commitment. I mean, mm -hmm. physically and emotionally, it's a huge commitment. So I, I, I think that I will cherish competing in that my whole life. And it's actually funny. So I met this woman yesterday and she's like, oh, you're right. Talking about horses. And then she said, so I was like, oh, yeah, I competed. Uh, it was my makeover horse from last year. And she's like, <gasps> you were in the makeover and it just adds like super legitimacy to my riding and training, even though, you know, we can't, I mean, like, when you did see that picture of you doing your freestyle, right? It was pretty awesome. You're kind I mean, of a badass. I'm galloping <laughs> around with no reins, shooting, popping balloons while my horse yeah. is, you know, and uh, I'm sorry. Can you remind me of how much time you spent putting that together, Jamie? It isn't, it's not important. I probably mm. should have spent more. <laughs> <laughs> the point it. is, it was impressive and you did a great job. And it just, the horses, it just shows that like the work ethic that they have, they yeah, want to cool. do great things. They want to make you happy. Yeah. So we, we have, we will continue. I actually thought we'd be done with this podcast after the makeover and uh, Joy wants to keep going. So we are to continue to bring you guys more and more stuff about retired racehorses and, and the well, care there's and more the to learn. Like uh, we have, know, there's so much more to learn. Like we still got standard breads. We're going to bring some standard bread stuff on and I can't wait to get into the quarter horse racing world. I feel like that's such a mystery to most of us. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It is to me. So, uh, although I, I've seen him race and I always bet on the complete loser. So uh, it's an absolute <laughs> mystery to me. And I want to bring somebody in to talk to us about betting because, you know, going to the track and supporting mm -hmm. these racehorses that we love so much is a lot of fun and it can be a great day out. So uh, we're going to yeah. have somebody on to talk about betting as well. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Let's hear from our title sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products, and then we are going to come back and get right to the girl who's like training for the Queen of England. Each week, you carefully plan out your horse's training schedule. You work with your trainer to fine-tune his flat work. You school through grids to perfect his jump and set up multiple courses to educate your eye. You enjoy long hacks to keep his mind fresh and body strong. Show day arrives. 
You take a deep breath as you enter the ring. We've got this, you whisper so only he can hear you. You move as one, sailing over each element in perfect harmony. The feeling you get when it all clicks. It's why we do what we do. This feeling is brought to you by Joint Armor. Joint Armor's complete formula provides your horse with the nutrients necessary to support healthy joints throughout his lifetime. Joint Armor maintains fluid motion and flexibility in hardworking joints. It supports normal cartilage development and reduces joint deterioration. Joint Armor provides high levels of both glucosamine and chondroitin, plus 100 milligrams of hyaluronic acid. Best of all, Joint Armor is affordable. One small jar lasts up to 75 days. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Well, we have a special treat today. I am talking with Louise Robson, who is over across the pond in Great Britain, doing some amazing things with royalty. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Louise. Thank you very much for inviting me and asking me to, well, chat everything horse, really. <laughs> of course. So you're a dressage rider. Tell us a little bit about how you got your start. I come from a not a horsey background. My parents aren't horsey. So my mum offered to take me for a riding lesson when I was five. And the choice was between going for a ballet lesson or a horse riding lesson. Needless mm-hmm. to say, I never went to the ballet lesson. I just was hooked. And <laughs> then I fell in love with dressage uh, when I was about 14, 15. And I had an Arabian. And we just did a little bit of dressage. And it just... It bloomed from there, but it was really on the X race horses that I started to fall in love with the higher levels of dressage and what you can do and how you can train a horse and how the the beauty of dressage comes out and what you can achieve. And from there, I just, well, I just fell in love and I've never looked back. That's amazing. And I think it's interesting you say that it was, you fell in love with the X race horses. I, I'm a dressage writer as well. And I see all the time, it's about warm bloods, you know, not to you know, count them out or anything. They're amazing and talented, but I feel like the X race horse is kind of the underdog in the dressage ring. What, what horse inspired <laughs> you to say, yep, the, I want those thoroughbreds? Well, because we don't, as a family, we didn't have any money. So my first horse, my dad thought was brilliant because she was wild from the new forest, which is south from where I live. And she cost 50 pounds and it, that's what we could afford and it kept me quiet and you know I loved her very much but we could never afford to buy a warm blood or a ready-made horse and the x-ray sources well they were cheap and my first one was on loan so we never bought him he was still owned but the owner couldn't afford him and it was always a case of me it was you make what you have in front of you if you want to do it then that's fantastic but this is what you've got and you need to find a way through it and so that's why my love for the X-ray sources start was because it was what was really available to me. And then, well, we're British. We all love an underdog anyway, but it's just their thrive for knowledge and they want to give you everything and they learn so quickly. And I love, you know, the warm bloods are fantastic, but there's something Mm -hmm. extra special about a thoroughbred that just gives you a feel and they want to please you and they are a true athlete. So for me, I've never really looked back. Oh my gosh. That gave me chills. That's such a great answer. I love that. It's like what this whole show's about. You're the perfect. <laughs> and you're riding a very special X-Race horse. Tell us about Quadrille. 
So Codrell, he's now 13. I've had him since he was five. He was quite successful as a racehorse. His most famous race being at Royal Ascot as a three-year-old, where he was second to a Godolphin horse afar. The race after, he had sustained a tendon injury, and he is, well, he's owned and he's bred by Her Majesty the Queen, and he's the second one from her that we've had. We have three in total, and he's the highest competing ex-racehorse on the UK dressage circuit at into one level. He's a rather special horse, and yeah, he's, well, he's just incredible, really, and I love him, and I think he's brilliant, but he is special. He's a very, very special boy. And he won Horse of the Year for retraining of racehorses. What what is that? Is that like our thoroughbred makeover in the United States? How do what is that program about? Yeah, so the ROR, which is the retraining of racehorses, it we it's not so much like your RRP, uh, which I came to by the way in 2015. I rode in it oh, um, wow. with a horse. So, yeah, I came over with a horse and rode in the dressage section. Um, he was called Pinchy Strider. He now lives in Tennessee with Susan Francis and is loved very much. She calls him Mr. Darcy. Um, oh. but anyway, so the retraining of racehorses here is an organization which supports horses leaving racing. And for anyone that has an ex-racehorse, so in any discipline, polo, hunting, like you have with the RRP, but it's not about a one final competition. It is about the horses all the way through the rest of their lives being supported by the ROR and the ROR holds elite championships for each discipline, but it's the same every year. It's not, you know, any horse can attend. And then the elite winners go through to the retraining of racehorses horse of the year. So this year, Quadrille won the elite dressage and he went to the ROR awards and he won horse of the year, which was very surprising. Fantastic. How did the... Very- Right, how did the queen feel about that? I bet she was ecstatic. <laughs> uh, she was she was thrilled and she was ecstatic. It was really lovely as well because all the horses there are phenomenal. All the elite winners mm-hmm. are incredible. And like the polo elite winner had played in the Gold Cup and she played in the Argentine Open. And then the show jumping horse had been to Bolsworth Young Horse Classes and done really well there. It's such a fantastic showcase for the retrained racehorse and their versatility and what they can do. Um, but for dressage, for me, obviously, because I'm from a dressage background, retraining a racehorse into dressage is particularly difficult because it's one of the few disciplines where they no longer use their adrenaline for kind of good for their discipline. So eventing, they use mm-hmm. it for the speed and the cross-country. Polo, obviously, they use it as fast and all their fast switch fibers are used, whereas dressage... They need to be calm and they need to be relaxed and they need to be supple. And the level that Quadril is at, you know, he's at intermediate one. So he does full camp pirouettes and he has to be able to sit and push, which is completely benign to his training and his confirmation. And the fact that he is doing it and he is doing it well and to be recognized about that and the difficulties that you have to get that horse to that level happily and being comfortable and sound and still being able to perform. It's fantastic that he has been recognized for that. And it's only that horse's nature and his thrive and his wanting to please. And, you know, he defies really what he should be able to do, but that's just him. And he was, that's why he was a good racehorse. He has that grit, that little bit of extra. And he shows that in the dressage arena as well. And, you know, he's, Phenomenal. I'm very lucky to ride him. 
Uh, he sounds like a real dream. And I mean, he's got a dressage-inspired name as well. This is his destiny, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. But he does, you know, he's like any x-ray source. He does pose his challenges. And mm. we say he's like Peter Pan, the boy that never grew up. His face still, he still looks like a two-year-old cult. And mm. he is very bouncy. And he likes to jump around. And he likes to kind of... He's very athletic in all meanings of the sense. So he's mm-hmm. very... He's always very joyous and he just thinks everything's amazing and entertaining. And, you know, he certainly lets me know that he's always the one in charge. But to be fair to him, he, when he fights for you and he goes into that arena, he is professional and he tries, you know, he gets his head in the game and he shows off. He takes the narrative sometimes from Crazy X Race Force to look at what I can do. And he holds his own against the Warm Bloods and, you know, he's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Awesome. So, what are your big goals for him over? The next year, so the next well, the next well, he's only thirteen this year. So the next few years for us, the ultimate aim will be Grand Prix. You know, he, you know, it would be lovely to think that he could be a really high-scoring Grand Prix horse, but the reality is is that he is an X-ray horse doing dressage. So we have our own limitations, and it's not about. It, the main thing for me is that he's happy and that he wants to work and he wants to do so. The aim is Grand Prix, but if somewhere along the line he finds it too difficult or he really struggles, then we'll kind of think about what else we can do with him. Into two is the aim this year, and then maybe Grand Prix the year after. I would really love to possibly do an international on him because the lady that I trained with a few years ago, Monica Teodorescu, she is now the German team trainer. She was the last person to have an ex-racehorse international dressage level in the 1990s. So I'd really love to be that would be our aim but if it doesn't happen then that's fine as long as quad's happy and he's mm-hmm. sound then i won't push him past that well we'll definitely be rooting for the two of you from the u.s for sure i mean that's an amazing Thank goal you. and just you know what a great testament to the breed you know just thoroughbreds in general making it out there and then you take an x race horse and all the stereotypes and the injuries that can happen and he's making it this far i just think it really sells them as being capable athletes for anything they want to do. They are fantastic. As a breed, I would recommend it to anyone. They are not, for, as you're probably aware, they're not for mm-hmm. everyone. Not everyone maybe understands the way their brain works mm-hmm. and the way their body works. And especially post-racing, their injuries, like you said, and everything that comes with them and the time that it takes. I've been mm-hmm. with Quad now for eight years and, we are only really scratching the surface of what he is capable of, but we're talking eight years of being bounced around and eight years of having lows as well as the highs. And I think also remembering that, you know, we are retraining a racehorse and not putting my expectations or my wants onto him more a case of with all of my horses, with all of my ex racehorses is a case of let's see what they can do rather than you will do this or you will do that and adapting and adjusting along the way rather than trying to put them into that almost bubble, you know, as a kind of a comparison, you know, because a warm mm-hmm. blood can do it this way, therefore you must do it. I think it's really important that we take that responsibility with them to understand them and their histories and work with them as opposed to getting them to follow a mold, if you want to think of it that way. I feel like I'm just going to just save up and do a clinic with you. I'm just like, I'm in awe. Like everything you're saying, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, she gets it. <laughs> well, I well, love them. And I have, a, you know, we have a barn full of them here. And, you know, like I always say, it's never dull. And they all have their different characters and they all have their different personalities. And, 
you know, they are really what drives me every day and they make me want to be a better rider and a better trainer and to learn more and understand more. And I think also you can always draw from so many different disciplines. When I was out talking for the RRP, I met Tick Maynard. Mm-hmm. Who I saw a few months. He was over here a few months ago and he came and said hi and he saw my barn and, you know, you can learn so much across from each discipline. And I think it's, so important that you know the eventers talk to the dressage riders the dressage riders talk to the ranch riders you know we all are in the same game we should all support each other and we all learn something from each other that then may help another horse or another rider and anything you can do to then help this breed of horse you know I think it's only for the positive rather than anything else I couldn't agree more now of course I have to ask this because our listeners are going to want to know what type of horse owner is the queen? I mean, you said Quadrille was bred by her and she has <laughs> race horses. I have to know. Is she great? Is she amazing? She is just an incredible person. She's an incredible horsewoman. And she, her love, I think it, that's the bottom of it. Her love for her horses and love for her animals is something that I think every one of us could aspire to. She knows every horse. She knows how they're bred. She loves talking horses. And if she maybe doesn't know something quite so much, the next time you see her, she's gone away. She's found out. She's learned. She wants to know more. And she just loves every bit of it. She loves the story. She loves feeding them carrots. She loves just seeing them, being with them, seeing their journeys. And really, it might sound a bit over the top, but it's true. She's you know, one of the best owners, well, she is the best owner. She has fold these horses down. She's seen them through their racing careers. She's now owning them and keeping them post-racing and she only wants the best for them. And for her to have the horses do the best they can, like Quad now with the ROR award and the elite dressage. And then she had Barbershop, who's with a showing producer who won as many titles as any horse can. Those two horses have been in, a, in an elite form, which is fantastic, but equally if they'd gone and just been happy hackers, she wouldn't have minded either because she wants the best for the horse and she doesn't put anything on them. So she, she is just she is just incredible and you know, she's the queen and yet she still wants the best for her horse and still wants to know how they are and, you know, we see her and she is so she actually cares, which you just think you're the queen. Surely you yeah. think <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> What an amazing opportunity to get to work for someone like that. And I mean, oh my gosh, hashtag goals. I want to be just like her. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it is rather surreal and it is pretty crazy. And when we go to see, you have to see the horses and we go to Windsor Castle to see her. For a moment, you kind of forget what you're doing. You drive in and you, you know, you unload the horses and you start talking to her and you then load the horses up, you go home, you drive out and you go, wow, did I really just do that? (laughs) <laughs> and that almost became a bit normal and you just go, not normal. But then with that does come a great level of responsibility. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't put any pressure on myself, not the horse, but myself. For when we go into that arena and the loudspeakers say, owned and bred by the queen. And it, it does give you a sense of this is really huge, but then mm-hmm. equally it's not putting that pressure onto the horse. So thinking she's trusted me with this horse. So we will show the horse the best of its ability, but because she understands horses and she is a horse of you can say to her, it went really wrong today. And she totally gets it. And she understands. And she goes, Oh, there's another day, another time. Don't worry about it. As long as the horse is happy. And like I said, that's really the best sort of owner you could ever have. That doesn't push the accolades on you. Just wants the happiness yeah. for her animals. 
That's so amazing. And I'm jealous and in awe. And that says so much about you as a trainer as well. And wow, just a neat story. And thank you so much for sharing everything with us. If our listeners want to learn more about who you are and your mission, what where can they find more information on you? Uh, so our stable is called Thoroughbred Dressage, thoroughbreddressage.com, Facebook Thoroughbred Dressage. Yeah, it's just for the love of the thoroughbred. This is the occasional warm blood that pops up, but they are normally the naughty warm bloods that come and join the thoroughbreds to learn their ways of life. Um, but we are full thoroughbred lovers and I'm hoping one day to get back over for the retrain, um, retrain racehorse makeover project again with another horse. So you never know, I'll be heading over your way pretty soon. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Uh, thank you so much, <laughs> Louise. We really appreciate it. And best of luck with your 2020 goals for you and Quadrill. And the queen. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Cashel Company helps you enjoy the ride with their full line of trail bags and tush cushions. From cantle bags to horn bags and everything in between, comfort and convenience on the trail is what Cashel does best. To stay up to date with the latest products and news, follow Cashel Company on Facebook and Instagram. And to find their products, visit an authorized dealer or visit cashelcompany.com. Well, I would like to welcome to the show Chronicle of the Horse employee and writer and owner of an off-the-track thoroughbred, Abby Foltz. Hey, Abby. Hey, Jamie. How's it going? Fantastic. Abby's a regular guest on our show, Horses in the Morning, but we don't ever get to talk about you. We talk about the Chronicle over there and, and what goes on in the history of the Chronicle. And, and today we're going to talk to you because what Joy was just telling me is that Joy, Joy, give us give us the numbers there that you were just telling me. Yeah. So if you look at off the track thoroughbred adoption rates, the number one that gets adopted, and we kind of talked about this last year on Retired Resource Radio, is a bay gelding. That's the number one that's going to get adopted. However, the slowest to get adopted are chestnut mares. But Abby, you have a little chestnut mare and you are just taking over the eventing field, it seems like. <laughs> She is something else. And I'll tell you, it's so funny. I just retired a Bay Gelding off the track. And I will tell you, he was, he was the spicy one of the two. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I am, I am all about the chestnut mares now, of course. Yeah. I've had her for about a year and a half and just been so pleasantly surprised. She's, she's exceeded every expectation I had. I got her when she was three and it's been pretty much all uphill. I don't want to, you know, knock on wood, say that with horses, but she's just so eager and, and happy to do the job. And, and it's been a real, a real treat. What draw drew you to her? So it was funny. My coach posted, you know, on Facebook, that's how we all buy horses now, regardless of whether they want that to happen or not, <laughs> that, that she had a student looking and, and she kind of put some very um, loose parameters, but I didn't really, you know, as long as they wanted to work and, and had the, you know, the brain for it, I didn't really have anything very specific in regards to height or breed or age. And we got like 75 comments. And of course, the one that ended up sticking was a woman, Courtney Sendak up in Maryland, who I kind of knew through other people posted. She had a three-year-old chestnut filly for sale that wasn't really actually for sale. She had kind of bought her to fill the shoes of her upper level horses. And as she put it, long story short, we came, we tried, we loved, we vetted. It was really just keeping an open mind. I very much wanted to stick with my bay gelding stereotype in the beginning. I tried a lot <laughs> of them. But yeah, I went up there and I think I was almost, you know, my coach said, of course, we're going to go try this horse. She sent us video. She was lovely. I, I did have an off the track 
thoroughbred mare in the past and it was she was a different story so I was a little skeptical but we got there and she was just you know there wasn't a whole lot of steering there wasn't a whole lot of brakes but well, she's a three-year-old she racehorse yeah that's how they yeah, all show up she was so willing so easy um and she was started really well too and that's so much of it you know regardless of the gender or the color she had just been kind of hacked out and as Courtney put it if there was a log in the way I would pop over the log but there was no pressure everything was was presented in a really kind of fun, like I said, low pressure situation. So she just had one of the best brains on her that I've found. And at the track, she had kind of been a one family horse, the family that uh, was her trainer. They bred her, their kids had ridden her, kind of started her. So so she was just really kind of grounded and, and had that good head on her shoulders. So, you know, shockingly enough to me and my husband who Jamie as you know is a farrier he was like are you really doing this to me you're getting a chestnut mare but I showed him the videos and he was like yeah you have to she's great <laughs> really oh you got the husband support that's fantastic I and, did I did you know you we, we hear a lot about the chestnut mares which by the way I have one too and then we hear a lot about the thoroughbred feet how are the chestnut mares thoroughbred feet the feet are actually great. I will say the first thing that Courtney, who I bought her from, told me was she's great, except for she doesn't stand that well for the farrier. And I was like, oh, no, I'm bringing home a chestnut thoroughbred mare that doesn't stand for the farrier. And I showed my husband the video and then I waited 12 hours to tell him, you know, also until he bought into her. You know, also, she kind of doesn't stand for the farrier. And his response was, oh, she's three. She'll, she, that's just baby. She'll learn. Um, so he was all on board. And I think she's all- actually... All the listeners want to know, where did you find him and where can they get one? Oh, he's perfect. <laughs> Actually, I found him because my last horse broke a coffin bone in his foot. And my trainer at the time, uh, who was a five-star rider, said, you got to call my farrier. And I did. And he fixed my horse. And now we're married. So ah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's perfect. the best way to find husband. But yeah, he, you know, he worked with her and she really wasn't bad. It's just the, uh, the one that I bought her from was also a school teacher. So she worked a full-time job and expected her horses to stand for the farrier without being held, without being supervised. And then she was three. Obviously, that skill was a little bit more to come, but she was never bad. Obviously, she doesn't have a mean bone in her body. So she's just a little wiggly. And we worked on that with her. And she's great now. I stood by her a few weeks ago to have her feet done. And, she, and her feet themselves are knock on wood he's inside he's going to hear me say this but they're as good as i don't, I don't even want to say it <laughs> don't say it just just say this is what i say when people ask me questions i go i refuse to answer that in order to mm-hmm. not jinx myself so say right. nothing i'm gonna plead the fifth yes. yeah there you mm-hmm. go perfect her feet, no. her feet are there no comment yeah yeah, perfect. Now, Joy, uh, you guys both probably have experience with a lot of off-the-track thoroughbreds, and what I find mm-hmm. is that it th- the product that you end up with is a direct it's a direct correlation to how they were treated on the track. I mean, there is there are some really nice trainers that educate their racehorses, and there's a lot of them that just throw a saddle on and get out there and go mm-hmm. and. The difference in the manners from the, t- like, I have two bay geldings that I adopted. And one, like, was like, I don't understand why you want me to hold my foot up. You know, the other one is like, f- they're both the same age, same height, same everything, same color, same look. You can't hardly tell them apart. And they are 100% different in the way that they came to me because of the way that they were trained even in their life on the track. So their life on the track matters so much. Do you guys find that as well? Absolutely. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So if yeah, you can uh, find a good trainer, uh, stick with that. I mean, I guarantee mm-hmm. you uh, the horse that I have Drax, he is just, he came here like knowing everything at the age of four, you know, and now he's five. He's like the easiest thing to do anything with. And Groot, the first time we ever trimmed him, it picked up his foot and he fell over. Like, wh- like, he was like <laughs> I-, I don't understand what you're doing. So I think it's a big, uh, like I would definitely adopt a horse again that had been through the trainer that, that Drax had. Yes. If my horses are yeah. all after Avengers, by the way, yes. My, I have a six year old son who names all animals. You have to have a theme. You have to have a theme. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um I was lucky enough actually to find her her breeder and trainer on Facebook. Shout out to Stace Leatherman if you listen. She was friends with the the woman I bought her from and and she now is so supportive. She shares all of my photos of her on Aww. their racing page. And yeah, they've just they're obviously it's a family business and they are very invested in their horses and she's followed her progress and it's so nice to find that and be able to see that and kind of have that relationship to follow through and you know she still asked me for updates so it's it's really that's nice awesome. i didn't have that with the last one so it's been really cool <sighs> that's really cool it's really nice that owners uh get involved so abby on a scale of one to ten how highly would you recommend a chestnut thoroughbred mare off the track oh, like a 15 oh there Aww. you go awesome there, just what joy wanted. and no it all all seriousness, like she's getting to the point now where, you know, it's good start. She's going at the novice level and she's just everything you want in a partner. She's, she's careful enough that she kind of does the job on her own, you know, but she's still enough of a partner that she, she waits for me and she wants, it's exactly the perfect balance that you'd want. And she's so brave. And I think that's really the chestnut mentality, Joy. I know you've got one too, and you'd agree, but just so brave and so like attacking when you need them to be. But if, you know, if you're not entirely there for them, then they go, okay, well, I'll wait for you. We'll figure this out. And, and it's been such a treat. I'm, I'm all on team chestnut mare at this point. <laughs> so chestnut mares can have unicorn horns as well. See, there you oh, go. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Abby, so much. And what's her name? Her name is Elsa. I named her, I renamed her after Queen Elsa from Frozen. She has lots of, lots of Disney nicknames, of course. What's yeah. her race name? <laughs> so her jockey club name was Away to Freedom, which didn't really have anything to do with her barn name. And so I'm very adamant that the barn name has to match the show name. So her barn name is now Elsa and her uh, show name is Absolute Zero. Fun. That's, That's a fun awesome. name. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Abby. And we will talk to you very soon. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good Uh, one. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Happy one year anniversary, ladies. That's right. It is one year. Y'all have been coming on our show talking about awesome horses at New Vocations. So please welcome Leandra and Sarah from New Vocations. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. Okay. Before we get to the horse that Leander is going to make us all drool over, Sarah, <laughs> what's happening at New Vocations? Get us caught up. Awesome. Well, again, thank you as always. I can't believe it's been a year. That's crazy. We are hosting our annual open barn and barbecue that we have actually, this will be our fifth year doing it. We welcome all the guests at the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event to come to our farm. We're just seven miles from the horse park. Oh my God. Is it almost time for that again? (laughs) Yes. Yes. At the conclusion of the dressage phase. And we have a lovely band that plays that is amazing called Frontier. 
We provide a big buffet. It's a Southern style buffet. We have an open bar for those who are of age. We welcome everybody to tour through the barns, you know, meet the adoptable horses. And then we do uh, an hour long demonstration. And this year we are super grateful. Dorothy Kroll, who is just, you know, a a local celebrity here in Lexington, Mm -hmm. has agreed to be our guest of honor. Uh, And her background is amazing. She's been selected for two Olympic teams. She rode in the World Equestrian Games where she got a silver medal. She's she's just fantastic. And she's a huge, huge proponent of the OTPs, which, of course, yeah, formerly Dorothy <laughs> Trap and Molokai. Okay, just say the yes. horse's name. That's all you need to know. Yep, Molokai. exactly. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. So we are really excited to have her. We're going to run it if anybody came to the event last year. It will be fairly similar where Leandra and her assistant, Amanda, ride two horses. They'll ride four horses total. And Dorothy will talk a little bit about, you know, what she sees in the horses that they're riding and kind of give them a mini clinic. And then we are super grateful. Rosie Napravnik has also agreed to come in as she is a product of Dorothy's training. Her horses are just to kind of show what a more advanced horse that goes under Dorothy's program can do, essentially. So we can't wait. We're really, really excited. That's fantastic. That's going to be a lot of fun. Where can people go to get tickets? They can go to newvocations.org and tickets will be on sale March 1st. We went last year and it was an absolute blast. And I look forward to coming back this year. Yay. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Sarah. And we'll talk to you. uh, I mean, unless you want to hang out and hear Leander and I enjoy drool over the horse. (laughs) I am probably good, but I so appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll talk to you next time, Sarah. Thanks. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. And from the back of the pack on the outside, commanding curve is taken second, but California Chrome shines bright in the Kentucky Derby. And now it's time for the New Vocations Winter Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week. Leandra, tell us about darling Cassie Lou. That's actually her name. I didn't make up the darling part. <laughs> yes. And she is exactly that. Her name does not lie. So (laughs) Cassie, or as she's called around the barn, has become a really consistent product of the transitional training, which is, you know, sort of the cream of what we do. So I'd say she's a perfect example where she was more of the off the track look when she first came in. And she's really rounded out to this bigger bodied uphill much more mature looking, lovely mare that she is today. She has a little bit of that distinct look from her facial markings. She has always been one of those who was blessed with the long forelock. So she, you know, whips it around in a luxurious manner. (laughs) She's a Maybelline ad, basically. Her forelock is to die for. Yes, but she's she's born with it. Oh, yeah. She's a 16 hand dark bay, kind of of not dark, dark bay, but just a bay, a darker colored bay with a a very unique blaze running down her face. She's got a very kind eye. How is she to ride? Well, so we do need to do, uh, we're in the process of posting an updated ride video. So you can see the before right now, which is linked to her profile on our website. And you will very soon be able to see the after product and you'll see what we've been working on as we describe in the description for her. 
which was to get her to relax more, soften at the bit, and really try to engage her whole body and be more collected all around. You will see the product of that, especially in contrast to that first video where she was a little more resistant to the bit pressure and she just would kind of test and you can see her starting to figure it out. And now she has so much figured it out and she's stunning. I mean, you could be standing in our office and then look out the window to our, where our outdoor is and she just draws your attention. You're like, who the heck is that horse? And it's her. Mm. She's so lovely to watch. She's really uphill and to, to watch and to ride, I should say, she takes up a lot more leg than you might think because she's really leggy and she's just turned into this blossomed, lovely creature who's ready to take on any new task. And really, I think that she'll stand out in the show ring or in a pleasure setting and she could kind of just do whatever. Yeah, she's really pretty. And today only, because this episode is coming out on February 14th, Valentine's Day, hopefully y'all have filled out an application because she's on sale. It's like she's free. $800 adoption fee until the end of Valentine's Day. So you can get your sweetie a new big darling Cassie Lou. Exactly. All right, Leandra, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, again, happy anniversary. Thanks for uh, spending the year with us. Well, thanks for having us for a whole year. I, well, we'll, we'll <laughs> see you at the open barn and barbecue in a couple months. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. You can find our show notes and links to today's guest on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio and follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. Reach out to Jamie at jamie at horseradionetwork.com or you can email me at joy at horseradionetwork.com or follow me on Instagram at joyhequestrian. Thanks to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And Remember, if you like us, please go on and rate and review us. If yes. you don't like us, you just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, that's when you email Jennifer. <laughs> all complaints go to Jennifer. At horseradionetwork.com. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Go ahead. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And spay, neuter, and geld. Mwah. Bye, guys. <laughs>